Here's what's coming up on today's episode of Your Tagline Here. You know, we've got street food traders and chefs who are from all walks of backgrounds. We have people who have been on uh, MasterChef. We've got people who come from Michelin star backgrounds. We have people who come from factory workshops. Mm. It's people. The thing about street food is compared to potentially like a, a normal run-of-the-mill re- uh, restaurant or, or, or kitchen is the fact that you've got um, people who are almost like hobbyists or are very good at a particular thing and they want to showcase that. And that's where we come in. We do a little bit of theatre. So it's the multiculturalism that we have in this this country where we're starting to celebrate some of the great food that we have that are coming out of all walks of life in this whole in the whole of the UK. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Your Tagline here with me, Simon Tomlinson. In this episode, I speak to Jack Brabant, who is the co-founder of the street food business called the Digbeth Dining Club, which started back in 2012 and has grown to be a massive events business with several venues all over the Midlands. I find out how he set it up as a business and grew it into what it is today, how he coped with being forced to close during the COVID lockdowns, and also how he started a new venture recently called the Digbeth Dining Club CIC, which helps provide free food to people in need. Before we get into the episode, I'd just like to mention our sponsor, KitLab, which is a digital marketing company based in Birmingham in the UK. KitLab have over 15 years experience and specialise in branding, websites, digital marketing, social media and more. So if you want to grow your business online, just head over to kitlab.com, which is K-I-K-L-A-B.com. Without further ado, let's get started with the episode. If you do like it, then please make sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future content. Hello, Jack. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, very good, thanks. Um, I'm looking forward to finding out more about the Digbeth Dining Club and what it's all about and and how you started it and grew it into what it is. Um, so first of all, can you just explain to people who, who will be watching who might not know what it is, what is the Digbeth Dining Club? So Digbeth Dining Club fundamentally is a street food and cultural sort of event now as it's gone on as it as it's gone forward over the last few years but it started off in its infancy as just a celebration of the uh start of street food um you know back in the late 2000s during the last crash uh street food was one of the sort of reactions to the, the great crash that we had and it was born from then like you know I, I was going around for years uh going to filming street food events, going to different events, everything like that. And there was nothing like that in the city. And 2012 was when we decided to actually try and put it together. And um, it's gone from there, really, over the last almost decade now. Yeah, and I, I've been to it on several occasions. And I know how such a, a, a great uh, venue it is and such a great event with all of the different uh, street food things that are there. So with the Digbeth Dining Club, once you had the idea that you wanted to do it, how did you actually go about making that happen? It was a lot of drunken ideas. That's not, <laughs> that's not, that's, there's no lie about that, really. Um, you know, we, we, we had some, uh, between me and my friend, we had some contacts within the sort of the, the nightclub industry within Digbeth. And um, we, we were looking for round places and Digbeth felt like the, 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 right, the right place to do it. We, you know, the whole point of like sort of what we try and do is we want that 
stripped back industrial feel. Mm. And Digbeth probably was very similar to what Shoreditch used to be like and what the uh, the Northern Quarter in Manchester used to be like, which yep. are two places I spent a lot of time with through university and work. And we wanted that. And um, luckily, I met my business partner, James. Uh, he was setting up Spotlight at the time. And went from there really, and um, we 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 he took a punt, and we we took a punt together really, and um, it was an old uh, taxi repair uh, warehouse that we did okay. it out of with two street food traders, and it was very wet, wet all the time, um, but it seemed to work, and um, it's gone from there really. Um, it's just you know we've always tried to sort of replicate what we do, and 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 change things as well, but that's really where the ideas came from. Yeah, and I remember when I. Um when I went there for the first time, I think it was just like a Friday night thing. Yeah. And maybe, was it once a month to start with? Or no, was it every Friday? It, we, we made decisions go every week. Okay. Um, I know in those early days, we were always paying our friends to come. Because it was just <laughs> like, you know, trying to persuade people to come down to a... Yeah. To Digbeth, when it was a nightclub, was, was, you know, for, for a, a, a culinary experience, was 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 hard work. But, um, yeah, we, we, we just started every Friday. And... Um, persevered with it really um but then we moved on from that to friday saturdays sundays and thursdays and and across the midlands as well yeah so so now it's not just the digbeth dining club yep. which is located in digbeth there's other locations as well aren't there um can you just tell us what those other places are well we've left we've left our venue in digbeth so oh, we're, right. we're, oh. so oh so no we actually uh, we left there okay. last year so, oh, sorry. So, I at didn't the back of the pandemic, it was uh, we took the decision that we did that because of how busy it became, um, we knew we wanted a new home. So, we're in the process of opening a new place in Digbeth. But uh, we we operate, you know, we we now have a, a, a permanent, uh, we have several permanent venues. We have a permanent venue in Hockley, which is the Hockley Social Club. Yep. Uh, we're due to open our new venue, Herbert's Yard in Longbridge, which we've been operating a market style event and community event in Longbridge for six years so we're, we're excited to open that up as well which will be our first one outside the city centre and then uh, later this year we'll be opening our new venue in Digbeth which we're looking forward to properly announcing very soon and is that a secret venue I assume that you can't uh, tell us it will be in Digbeth that's as much okay. as we're willing to say one, one of the things that I like and I, I think that the Digbeth Dining Club is is probably one of the things that has really helped to spark this off is I remember when I first went to, to Digbeth and I went to Code Nightclub, which is yeah. opposite where your old venue was. And in those days, it was just for, well, it was a very industrial area, which it still is now, mm -hmm. but it was more for, for nightclubs. And now since the Digbeth Dining Club and the success of that, there's lots of other um, similar type places where it's not just about clubbing. Um, do you think that the Digbeth Dining Club was instrumental in helping to make that happen? Um, I think we just made the place accessible. Okay. Um, I certainly know when we first started there, it was um, it's certainly different to where it is now. Um, you know, we had to persuade people to come down to that place. You know, we had we we, you know, our whole point about Digbeth Dining Club is the fact that we are accessible to every demographic. We're not, you know, we're not for a certain age group. We're not for a certain, you know. Uh, uh, ethnicity or anything like that or sexuality it doesn't really matter we want it to be accessible for everyone and I think you know like you see that in Digbeth now is that you know it, it feels like a safe space safer mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's completely safe but it's, it's a safer space for people to be spend their nights there and we're doing the same in Hockley you know like I mean you know we, we work with council and the police and everything like that and um, you know Hockley is another place that we're you know we're on the other side of the city that we're, we're excited to get into and make it accessible as well I mean like and we're seeing that already 
yeah, and I think that's that's a great thing to to help to regenerate some of these areas which uh, might be a little bit run down to uh, to get people going to those places and to get people to to feel safer in those places. Mm. And I saw that you've been uh, doing stuff in Coventry Cathedral as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, so we operate in several different spaces across Coventry. Okay. For example, this bank holiday that we're just coming up now, we're in Coventry Cathedral for the whole weekend. Um, but we've done stuff across the whole city. You know, we we operate in many different cities, Wolverhampton. I think, you know, like the Midlands, and it's one of the things that we really do champion is the fact that the Midlands has probably been underrepresented or even become a little bit of a, a running joke for the rest of the, of rest of the country mm. or rest of the UK, rather. And, you know, we really try and show that, you know, actually we're the best at what we do. Um, you know, we've got a thriving culinary scene in the Midlands and the street food scene is, is, is just one element of it. I mean, you know, look at Birmingham, it has several Michelin star restaurants. I know it goes up and down and I can't remember exactly how many <laughs> there are now. But, you know, everything in between that is what we do. And um, we've always prided ourselves on having some of the best street food traders in the whole of the, of the UK. And that's been represented with all the awards they've won. Uh, so talking about street food vendors, can you just explain to the people watching and listening at home, what sort of street food traders do you have coming to your events? What could they expect if they come along? Basically, name a country and we have it. <laughs> that's, that's about it. You know, we celebrate, you know, like we do everything and in between. Um, you know, I think we, we over the years, we've moved it away from being like a, a greasy greasy sort of like attitude like you know i'm sure that over the years you went to new street and you'd see like a <laughs> like a horrible hot dog and you know like a jab potato which is you know it's all all has its place in the world you know there's no there's no criticizing that at all but we you know we've got uh street food traders and chefs who are from all walks of backgrounds we have people who have been on uh master chef we've got people who come from mission star backgrounds we have people who come from factory workshops mm. it's people the thing about street food is compared to potentially like a, a normal run-of-the-mill re uh, restaurant or, or, or kitchen is the fact that you've got um people who are almost like hobbyists or you know are very good at a particular thing and they want to showcase that and that's where we come in we do a little bit of theater so that's where street food is really and i think you see that across the world we've never really celebrated it in the in the uk mm. as much as you do around the rest of the world you know we talk about what happens in places like marrakesh where you can go to some of the the, the markets over there places in, in in east asia and in india with the hawker markets um you know, it, it goes across the world. I think maybe it's, maybe it's the weather in which we've been completely punished <laughs> for by this summer. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think it's the multiculturalism that we have in this this country where we're starting to celebrate some of the great food that we have that are coming out of all walks of life in this whole in the whole of the UK. Yeah, and it, it really has taken street food to that more culinary experience. So it's not like you're just pulling over to um, a burger van on a lay-by on a motorway or a dual carriageway. This is like properly really really well-made food um, and delicious food that that people are taking a lot of time and, and care and attention to so it's like getting restaurant quality food but getting it from a, a street vendor and in a in enjoyable experience with music and drinks well that's certainly when I first got into it it was yeah. like an awakening for me it was like a um, you know I, I you know when I first went to some of the stuff that I was seeing in London back in the late 2000s um, you know, you were seeing these fantastic culinary experts for me doing some amazing stuff in random locations. You know, we've I've already talked about the fact that, you know, we do stuff out of industrial warehouses. I mean, there's something 
quite alluring about that. And I think, you know, that's what we've tried to achieve as a company. Um, and I, I, you know, you can see in the popularity that I think there's, there's people like that strip back thing. And I think it's a brummy, yeah. I think it's a brummy thing as well, or maybe a Midlands thing. And like, you know, we, we, we don't like, you know, we don't like to have all shouting and singing sort of stuff. We like to celebrate, like you know, like our, our strip back sort of like industrial side of yeah. it. Certainly, how I feel, like you know, I, I love, you know, I love nothing more than trying to rejuvenate a warehouse space. Well, yeah, and that's a, a really po important part of uh, the Birmingham history is that mm. in, that industrial history uh, that we have. So I think celebrating that is is a great thing. And I I live in the jewelry quarter, and I, I love living in that area because of the uh, the the history and, and the culture that is part of the the, the buildings and, and the architecture and everything that's that's around um so something that we do on this podcast is we try to help educate people who might be watching to help uh them learn from your own experience with developing this business over the last 10 years so what would you say were the the biggest challenges and the biggest learning points that you've you've had and you've come across you know i think i think birmingham you know for a city that's celebrated by the car, we still live and <laughs> live and die by the car sort of mentality. <laughs> we have a terrible transport system in this city. Okay. And I think getting people out of the suburban lifestyle has been proven difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, we really put an effort, and you know, it, it, it's shown that we've managed to get people out of their houses. But I think, you know, if you go to places like London, you know, you're willing to jump on a tube and travel for an hour to go off to something. You did, I lived in Manchester, we did the same. And I think you see that in major cities. Whereas I think, you know, showcasing stuff um, and getting people to get off the seats and come and see stuff was one of the hardest things that we've we found. Mm. Um, and I certainly think since the pandemic hit, you know, you're seeing more of a move towards suburban lifestyles. I mean, you know, look at what's happening in places like Sturchley. It's fantastic. You know, you've got such a, a great like stuff coming through through the works, and it's work also happening across the rest of the city as well. Um, I, I, I think there was a lot of stigma as well um, about street food to begin with. I certainly know that when we first started, uh, I was <laughs> explaining what street food was. Okay. Um, got a lot of puzzled faces and um, now you, you can't move for it. You know, it's yeah. part of the mainstream. You go into a supermarket, you can get your street food, herbs and spices, which I think <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, your street food, you know, like every restaurant or pub is, is running a street food menu. Yeah. Um, it's become part of the mainstream uh like uh you know that language now um and it's we we still try to maintain that almost like that sort of like core mentality of what we want to achieve and you know not trying to um go too mainstream as best as possible but also trying to remain re relevant to what's happening within mm. the city if if there's anyone who is thinking about starting up their own street food service, so maybe mm -hmm. buying themselves a van, kitting it out, and and uh, and actually making and selling food. Is there any advice that you would give to people like that? Um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that I feel people make is is they look at, you know, uh, the success of some of the street food traders that work with us. I'm going to talk about this locally in that sense is you know we've we've managed to create a busy sort of events and venues um over the years but it took a long time to get to that stage and um you know it wasn't till three four years into it that we started to see large numbers coming to what we do and um i think one of the mistakes that people make is, is they want to get into street food is they look at what's popular and they copy it but it's still much a cottage industry within the events industry and um there isn't as many spaces to fill 
as people think. And one of the things that we've always tried to do as a business is is have this family sort of like mentality to the people that work with us. It's, you know, we all work together to a, a, a to, to make a great event. And we don't just take people off, off, you know, we don't just take people off the street that just say, oh, I can do a burger. Well, it's like, well, you know, is your burger any good? Do we like, you know, do we like you? Do we, you know, are you, you know, do you tick all of our boxes basically? Um, so it, 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 you know, and that's something that we've always maintained. And it's one of the reasons that, you know, like if you see over the last decade or so, um, we've actually managed to keep a, a large number of the same traders over the last 10 years because it's, you know, it's a, it's a familiar, it's a family environment. It's like, you know, it's, we're all wanting to have a good time really. And I think people look at the dollar signs of actually there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think people yeah, don't yeah. realize the amount of hours that go into it. They come on at that, you know, if you said you came on a Friday night to dig with dining club, you go, Oh God, this is busy. Look how much, you know, look how well they're doing. Well, they haven't seen the six days <laughs> of prep. You know, they're not, you know, one of the biggest issues we've had, and I've already mentioned that is, um, you know, we've we've had the majority of our events cancelled this summer because of the weather. Mm. You know, we've had to cancel so much because the weather's been so bad and coming oh, out right. of a pandemic has been terrible. Gosh, yeah. Like, I was going to ask you about the pandemic. I didn't think about the weather as well. But, yeah, being a an events business which largely operates outside, mm -hmm. I know that some of your venues are, are inside as yeah. well, but being outside must make it very unpredictable, especially in this country with the weather. It's part and parcel of what we do. You know, it's, it is, but uh, I'm not going to lie. This summer has been one of the worst we've ever we've ever had. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's 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 not been good coming out of a pandemic, that's for sure. And just talking about the pandemic, obviously you're in the events business and you're in the catering business, which are two of the the industries that have been hit the the hardest by the pandemic. So how? How have you managed to survive during that period, and, and what have you had to do to keep going? I, I think one of the one of the benefits of working within the you know the industry that we work in, the, in the subsector of say the hospitality industry, is that we're used to being flexible, and okay. um, you know we're used to thinking on our feet. I think sometimes when you're in a static sort of place like a restaurant, it's you've had to you know you, it's it's very difficult to manoeuvre. Um, we managed to create loads of stuff. I mean, like um, the beginning of the pandemic, we created a click and collect service and brought together all of our food traders into our big warehouse down in Hockley in the Joy okay. Quarter and uh, created, you know, built our own system. Um, and that was really successful. We brought along a lot, a lot of our friends who were, who were independent businesses, you know, for example, um, just thinking like, you know, like you, you know, if you're in the Joy Quarter, you know, Pineapple Club, you know, there's Couch and Sturchley, yeah. Vietnam, these are all friends of ours. So they weren't able to operate because of the the size of their venues. So we created a um like almost like a hipster supermarket. <laughs> so that that went very well. And then um we we have a relationship with uh, the Merlin Group for Warwick Castle, which is you know we've done okay. a lot there for the last two years. And basically we approached them and said, well, when restrictions were loosened, we said, oh, well, what about turning it into a massive beer garden? Into, nice. into Britain's most beautiful beer garden, and we've done that now <laughs> yeah. for two years in a row, and it's been really successful again. And um, all these little, these various little things, you know, like we were able to sort of like create stuff within a few days, and uh, got us through. And um, the next thing was obviously we've we've now uh, opened um, and built Hockley Social Club, and that's now in the process. You know, that's that's a more refined version of what we've been doing over the years, and. Uh, 
it's it's just slowly getting there. You know, it's just like you know, I wouldn't. You know, I, I think like with everyone in the events and and events and hospitality business, is that um, it's still tough. You know, there's there's no yeah, denying it. Yeah. You know, they were we were the last ones to be open. Um, you know, there's a staff shortages. Uh, I think you know there's a lot of uh, restrictions put on people, and actually, I'd say like, actually coming out of some of the things it's actually been worse than it was through lockdown really? and that is that wow. is that is that is uk wide and i don't think people realize yeah. like you know like the pressure that's been put under um from from uh, the government yeah uh, it well it must be really tough during during the, the lockdowns and i didn't realize that it, it would still continue to be i mean yeah it, it does make sense but um if you're not necessarily working in it then you don't you don't yeah. really think about it so um, yeah, if, if anyone's watching and they want a, a good night out, then get yourself down to one of the Digbeth Dining Club venues. So what venues are open at the moment? So uh, well, at the moment, we've got a hockey social club, a venue open. Okay. We're operating across the Midlands. I mean, we we operate in several different spaces. I mean, we've been operating our last weekend in Warwick Castle is this weekend. So we've been operating there since April, Okay, uh, as well as Coventry. We've got a few things coming up in Coventry. And we also operate in places like Bronsgrove, Wolverhampton, um, lots of places around the Midlands. I think, you know, one of the things we've realized and we were one of the first one exponents of doing it is um, we really wanted to, we had so many people contacting us saying they wanted this Dig Dining Club experience, which was lovely, but they did, they couldn't travel into Birmingham. So we decided to take it on the road about six, seven years ago. Nice. No, about seven, eight years ago, actually. Okay. And um, it went from there, really. And only, we had some success in places, in little places. And it was like, well, we could keep on doing this. And that, that's how it's really operated. So now we're in the point, you know, we do festivals, we do all kinds of things. So it's, it that's 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 been fun getting back on the road mm. and 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 just seeing people having a good time again. And it's, it's it, you know, it's we I think we've all deserve a good time. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I've noticed since I've been watching the news because I haven't actually been out to any nightclubs since things have reopened. Although I haven't been out to any nightclubs for many years, so the pandemic didn't really make much difference in that, in that respect. But it's nice seeing people going out and enjoying themselves and being able to to do all of those things um, and going along to to restaurants and going along to to venues like like yours. What I want to ask you about now is the Digbeth Dining Club CIC, which mm -hmm. I understand that you have um, launched quite recently. Can you tell us what that is all about? Um, well, the, the, the CIC was born out of, uh, I think, you know, last October. In to be honest, I mean, um, you know, we saw. I, I don't think there's many people who wouldn't be moved by what was happening um, last year, where you see. Uh, free school meals and and kids not being fed in half term and I think we've you know I think as a as a nation was it as, a, as an island you know we've we this has been the time to actually get behind things and I think it was the Marcus Rashford thing that really inspired us and um I, you know I saw his message and I think you know I saw a few things playing um going on and I put out a, a drunken message <laughs> like you know like they, all these things happen so on Facebook saying, you know, I, I, we've got the resources, um, let's make a difference and got inundated. Uh, things very quickly spiralled. And Was um, that drunken text to Marcus Rashford? No, no, it was just a Facebook message okay. uh, criticising the uh, lack of support for okay. support in the half term. And um, it quickly transpired. We, we got behind some programmes across uh, Birmingham and Coventry. 
Um, we raised over £30,000 in, wow. in about four days. Wow. Um, and used all of our traders, people like Gymshark, um, all these people got involved, um, Function Fit Food, who are based around the corner from here. And um, we, we, we started shipping out food on a daily basis uh, across things. And we raised, with all the money we raised, we carried on till January. Um, delivering weekly food to families in Northfield, which is one of the most socially economic deprived areas. And with us having a relationship in Longbridge, it felt like one of the most appropriate things to do. Um, and we wanted to take that further and with all the support that we had and uh, made the decision to set up a CIC. And so far this summer, um, we've been involved with Bring It On Brum. Um, which is a program which has been brought together by Marcus Rashford. Okay. And we, I think we've been doing about 20,000 meals a week across wow. the whole city, delivering food across the city, um, creating cooking videos that kids can log on to and, and follow the recipes from our street food traders. Um, we've also got a lot more in, in the pipeline. It's, you know, I, I, I certainly went down a rabbit hole in terms <laughs> of like, you know, I, I think the thing about Birmingham is, you know, it, it, again, this goes back to it being an industrial city and, you know, it's, it's got so many layers to it you know you can see people having you know in the city center you've got some fantastic buildings going up and mm. you know, there's a lot of wealth that is coming to city but there is actually so much um you know uh, there's, there's there's so much poverty in this city and you know like the, the one of the worst things we can do is, is actually not try and support everyone that we can do and mm. you know I, i've certainly realized as i got older that you know, I'm lucky that I've got a voice. I've got I've got the resources, and we've got support networks that can make a difference. And I feel like after ten years of what we've been doing with Dig Dining Club, you know, we can still be a commercially successful business, but we can also use our resources to give back. And that's what we're really trying to achieve. And it's something that I'm I'm really passionate mm -hmm. about now. And you know, we've got a fantastic team that's um, doing a lot. And uh, you know, I, I, I really feel like we've 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 we're starting to make a difference. And um, if you know, it, it, it's a bit like the Jamie Oliver thing about twelve years ago, where it said no turkey twizzlers, because we, you know, we're like we're not just giving street food. You know, like I think, you know, like there is an element of like you know, it's like day burgers and like fried chicken stuff of like that. But we're doing, you know, we've put part of the um, the remit of what we're trying to achieve is making sure that we do healthy healthy meals, um, and using the experience of street food traders. And the other thing as well is is that you know what we're also trying to achieve is because the street food traders were the ones that were left behind. Um, during the pandemic, you know, like they were many of the ones that weren't actually given any resources or financial support in hospitality. Most of the financial support went to 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 um uh to to, to restaurants or, okay. or or or, or um, bricks and mortar. So we're also trying to create um, work because if you know there are areas where kids are you know deprived of meals or, or there are people that need support. Well, we've got you know people within the region. Who live in those local areas who mm. can give support so it's a double-edged sword really so that's what we're really trying to achieve well i think it's an amazing thing that you're you're doing helping so many people in in the local area who are finding it difficult to just put food on their table and uh the fact that you've got those resources that you can help to deploy that um, I think is it a fantastic thing. So um, yeah, well done for you for, for for getting it started and for for doing all of the good things that you've been doing. Especially considering that you've been finding things tough yourself to keep your business going. So to to do this through the the pandemic is uh, is even more impressive. Thank you. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> if people want to support that in any way. 
um, either by giving up their time or supporting it financially. Is that something that they're able to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, the best thing to do is is, is check out our website, digwithdinerclub.com. Okay. Uh, we have a section that's dedicated to the CIC. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of developments over the next few months. Um, you know, we've got some fantastic partners um, within the city that are really getting behind this. Um, you know, this is, this, again, this goes back to, you know, what a city we are, really. I think fundamentally we all support each other. And, I'm, you know, and that's, we've, you know we've, we've seen that firsthand with what mm. we've done. Um, and we're looking to spread this across the Midlands. But again, if anyone's going to get involved, you know, they, all they have to do is go on our website and check it out. Awesome. Okay. Um, so with the Digbeth Dining Club now, um, what are your plans for the future? Where do you see it, where do you see it going? Um, well, as I say, I've already mentioned about the fact that we've opened up the social yeah. club and we're in the process of opening up Herbert's Yard. We will be opening a new venue in Digbeth, which is, you know, we're planning is once we can actually talk about it, it'll be really exciting. And um, hopefully we'll put a marker, not just in UK, but across Europe. Um and we also have a few festivals planned. So it's like, you know, we're, we're doing that and the CIC has become a big part of that. So it's, you know, we're, we're quietly confident about the next next decade. Um, you know, it's we've certainly grown as people. I mean, <laughs> we've gone from being um, uh, people who <laughs> like, you know, it, you know, the whole thing about street food is the majority of people are people being born out of like, a, like in a party in a rave. And you know, it's old DJs, it's old ravers, and that you know that's that's still part of the charm. But we're all a little bit older, and we like you know we 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 sort of like you know we want to have a bit more fun. But as we get older, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I can I can definitely see that happen. And that's one of the things that I'm attracted to it by because it still has that vibe, but it's yeah. not quite as hardcore as going like proper clubbing that we were doing when we I were like in be, our twenties. I, I like to be in bed by eleven o'clock nowadays. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't get past eleven o'clock, so. Okay, so I've got one more question for you, which is, what is your tagline for this episode to summarise your story with the Digbeth Dining Club? Digbeth Dining Club is the place where, where it's where you come to eat. Nice. And and it is a great place to, to go to eat. So if anyone's watching, uh, go to the Digbeth Dining Club website. I will leave the, the links and everything in the description so you can go onto the website, you can find out more about it, you can find out where the locations are and all of the opening hours um, and get yourself down there because it is a it's a it's a great atmosphere it's a great event and there's loads of great food as well uh so thank you very much for coming on to the podcast jack it's been great to have you here thank you very much thanks for watching i hope that you enjoyed that episode with jack from the digbeth dining club we'll see you on another episode next week and to make sure you don't miss out on all of the future content just make sure you subscribe to the channel and we will see you next time